with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Gumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby on Think Bold, Be Bold. I'm here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, you're in the house. I'm in the house having a great time. I love our... Uh, our new format, and I love the flexibility and the disruption that it's causing in the uh, in the global landscape of what we'll call the the podcast media realm. Uh, how about yourself, Chris? Yeah, I'm always excited to uh, to challenge the norm, break traditions, disrupt business rules ethically. You know, and I'm bringing our street smarts, and you know, certainly today's guest has a lot of great street smarts. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Just got married, Alan. You know, well, how exciting for that. And, and obviously, we'll give him a, a, a congratulations on that. But, you know, before we uh, introduce him, uh, which Alan will do, always the great pleasure. You know, we're really excited about the new format, definitely. I, you know, truly believe that it's all about the content. And, you know, a lot of people argue the point that, you know, it's quality of sound and, you know, you can get all fancy. But I think that's going to, you know, keep people back from really getting things going. And, and certainly we've provided now flexibility in our uh, ability to keep these shows going from wherever we are, uh, dialing in. And, you know, we just did a show on the beach for one, and it turned out, you know, awesome, right? Fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I like the flexibility of uh, of being able to be anywhere you want and uh, be able to not only not only have the podcast, but be able to record and have all of the electronic um, additions that go along with that uh, available at your fingertips. And uh, so it, it's been real great for us as far as flexibility and timing. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, again, we'll just jump right into the show because it's always exciting to have our guests and it's all about the guests because they're, you know, wonderful people for one, eh, but they're out there really helping and move the needle in other people's lives. And this man and gentleman today is no exception. He's uh, phenomenal in, in what he does and his craft. But imagine this, uh, Alan, imagine a super body and a super brain, you know, sharpen your mind, sculpt your body. Imagine you can do that in just 10 minutes a day. So let's find out. Alan, why don't we bring our guests on and you do the great pleasure of um, introducing them. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic, Chris. Yes, very much so. Talking about a blending of uh, mind and body in a, in a way that uh, I think a lot of people maybe might understand it but probably don't practice it. I mean, this gentleman is a certified professional trainer from the National Academy of Sports and Medicine, recipient of a, of a number of awards, even from the, the governor of his state. 
Uh, what he does is he researches and works with neuroscientists and neurologists and kinesiologists and psychiatrists, you know, along with his 20 years of, of physical training to really bring together and implement a program, uh, you know, not only for, for individuals, but hospitals and sports medicine centers and schools and so forth. Uh, his programs have been featured in, in magazines like uh, Oprah's O Magazine, Red Book, uh, Prevention and Fitness. He's been uh, on CNN and Fox and uh, lots of local news. And the uniqueness of him being able to bring these two, you know, the mechanical and the and the biological pieces together to be able to blend a program for you to grow not only uh, physically but holistically is amazing. So with that said, this young gentleman is, uh, in fact, the uh, the the founder of Superbody Superbrain. Michael Gonzalez Wallace is in the house. Michael, welcome to the uh, Be Think Bold, Be Bold podcast show. Hello, Alan. How are you, Chris? And thanks so much for having me. Such a great honor, and I can't wait to get it. Awesome, and 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 Michael's in the house. Michael just got married, and I, you know, we're joking just uh, off air just a, a minute ago, and uh, I said to him, "How did a guy like you land a, such a beautiful woman that he did?" And and man, she is she is a gorgeous lady, and I'm sure she's just uh, you know a, a a a treat to be around, you know, for you and. And uh, I'm sure you guys have a lot of intellectual, um, uh, you know, things that you, you work on together. But, you know, Michael, congratulations on that. You guys looked beautiful at the beach. <laughs> and that you guys were down in Mexico, is that correct? Yes, we're in Mexico and Cancun. And beautiful. It was, it was great. It was, I, think, I think right now what happens is that it's cheaper to do a wedding in, uh, in Cancun than do it next door, you know. So... <laughs> So at least you get a vacation out of it. So that's what oh, I love have. it. I, I love it. I, you know, you're uh, you're a fascinating guy. I mean, you, first of all, you're you're a very happy oh, person. You. I love I, I love being around you. Your your laughter is uh, contagious, and um, you know you you seem to always have a smile no matter what's going on. And, and I think that's a great and admirable. Uh, quality uh, that you have, and you know, you wrote a really cool book. In fact, you sent me the book, and um, I, I I work on it um, because I, again, I, I read something in it, and I'm just going to quote it just very quickly. You know, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, uh, computer games, DVDs. There's no end to the products. You know, obviously touting their brain-boosting benefits, but in the multi-million-dollar business, one crucial tool has been overlooked. The enormous power of physical movement. You know, listen, I love the fact that you recognize something, but, you know, let's um, fill in the gaps a little bit from Alan's bio and just tell us a little bit from your perspective, you know, where you were, where, where you are now, and, 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 you know, certainly we want you to teach our audience today. An audience, as we always say, and Alan and I have our journals out, and we write relentlessly because that's where the golden nuggets come from and that are these are the these are the things that you can really move the needle in in your life and you know michael has a great book and you should definitely get it and we'll make sure everybody understands where they can get it 
and I know, uh, Michael, um, you are going to probably give something away because you're just that kind of generous guy. Uh, yeah. So yeah. on this show, stay tuned for when Michael, near the end of the show, tells you where you can go uh, for yep. the first few that, uh, that, that jump on and take advantage of it uh, to get this amazing book. But, you know, you've got great programs online as well. But fill in the gap. Tell us what, where, like, what, what did Alan miss in terms of the great bio he did? <laughs> well, I think, I think that bio is pretty generous, although I guess that that's what I've done. You know? so, <laughs> so, you know, I'm saying because, you know, that's how the brain works sometimes. You just, you just live your life and you kind of forget, oh, holy cow, did I do that? Did I get that? Did I do this? Like, yeah, so when, when he was, when, when he was in, you know, reading the bio, it's like, oh, yeah, I got that on Word. I got into all the magazines. Oh, I got into that book. So, so basically, I think in first connected to the quote that you picked from the intro for my book, I, I, I would like to say just a, a small little mention is that that was one of the main intentions with the book is that when you Google brain training, okay, or you know, or the famous brain games, so Sudoku, whatever you want, but especially brain training, it's a multi-million dollar industry multi-million dollar and all they promise is that better brain functioning but basically most of them they have the common denominator that they do not speak about physical movement. You can even go to PBS where that and you know a neuroscience I think normal normal college that basically that's the that the brain power series or something like that. He basically speaks about brain how to improve memory association, but not physical movement. So, and here's where the interesting part is that I start seeing how, uh, you know, uh, brain, the brain has a really important part in physical movement. It's a basically, it's like a director of an orchestra. So the director is not directing the different uh, sounds that come from different instruments, you know, and there will be no music. So every single part of your body is mapped in your brain. So that's what connected me to really get into this book. And, and that's how my book, it, it really tries to focus on physical movement, strength training, and how we can use specific neural circuits to activate them more. So basically that would be like a small little you know, comment that we can get back into it. But basically how I got into this is, you know, I guess is by the journey itself. So I started working with different clients and and clients in New York here, they can be very pushy, very demanding and saying I don't have time for much and I want to work out that, you know, train your heart, train your body. I'm, I'm worried about my joints, I'm worried about my brain, my muscles. Let's do it. And I don't want to go to a gym. I don't want to step into a gym. I don't feel comfortable being around other people working out in a gym. So I started getting this type of clients. And I remember I never worked out with anyone in the living room in my life. So I was walking into this kind of Upper West Side apartment and said, wow, you know, like this is crazy. How am I going to work out with the TV on, with the people running around, with no equipment, with no anything? That's how everything came along. It's basically trying to bring the best of my expertise. And at that time, it was a pretty big financial difference for me because I was working in the gym, $7 an hour, less than McDonald's workers. 
and I was cleaning the machines, cleaning the sweat, and I came from finance, you know, wearing suits. So it was a pretty big change when I got to New York 12 years ago. So when I got this opportunity working with different people, basically I had to come up with something. So that is when that reminds me of these great speeches at Stanford University by Steve Jobs of connecting the dots. It's basically everything that you do in your life, at the end, if you look back, it's like, oh, this makes sense. I'm putting everything together right now. It's like a part of a puzzle that sometimes when we are going through the pieces of the puzzle, we don't understand why, but there's a point where everything comes along. And that's what happened. I played semi-pro basketball, and I worked in finance. I graduated from economics and international finance, and then I started working with clients and everything got together. So basically, I was able to devise a specific program uh, incorporating balance, coordination, strength. And I was seeing how traditional movements, they were not incorporating all those you know, factors. For example, instead of doing um, a squat, why don't you do a squat with a bicep curl and raise your heel? Or why don't you do it with the eyes closed? So that is what you know happened. And then, and then after a while, after working with clients for around two years, I started seeing very important differences and changes. And then when I took it to a neuroscientist, but this is kind of a funny story that actually is in my book, like how Starbucks changed my life. That basically I was in, at that time I was taking pictures of all the movements. I was upset that my movements were really creating a big impact in these clients' health. And for them, you know, I was, I was working on average of 40 hours a week in private homes. So I could have a pretty decent sample of very complicated clients, to say the least. And basically, you know, one of these days that you are in the Starbucks, you have a few hours in between sessions, you carry your photographs with you everywhere. Of course, you, you know, you're thinking about, you know, how you can improve stuff. And then next door, there's this very cute blonde. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this forecast, but uh, there's a cute blonde and starting a brain. So, so then is when I said, oh, this is my opportunity to really speak to her, but also see if I can kind of present, you know, the program. You know how like sometimes in different places, but especially in New York, you have to be with your sixth sense, not like seeing dead people, but basically trying to see something can happen at any point, any time, in any corner. So I remember at that point that, you know, she said to me, well, I don't know if I can help you because I'm a first-year medical student, but why don't you contact the guy who wrote this book? He's the number one professor in Columbia University, and he teaches spinal cord and brain movement. And I said, whoa, that's very interesting. And then I emailed him, and he, to my surprise, said, yeah, sure, I'd love to speak about this. I put all the exercises there and said, wow, this is incredible you've done. This has a huge implication. The date was January 11, 2008. And he told me this. I will never forget what he told me. He said, Michael, you have to take this program to the next level. Because you can help so many people with special needs, Parkinson, Alzheimer. At that point, I, I, I didn't even, you know, I heard about conditions, but I, I never... I never knew anything, and since then, from 2008 to now, I've been working, you know, I see him every six months, and I have an advisory board formed by psychiatrists, psychologists, we kind of discuss the program, different exercises, and how it can impact more the community. And for the last, I would say, three years, I've been working on a lot of special populations. 
like Alzheimer. I got a, a grant for Parkinson's disease. My program got a grant for it in Minnesota Hospital Healthies. And now working with autism and special needs and stuff like that. So yeah, right now I don't get bored regarding, you know, I see different clients with different conditions and I love this field. So I know this is a little longer answer, but you know, I'm trying to summarize my last twelve years here. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's great. I, I, I really appreciate the, the transparency. And I like the fact that you had uh, aha moments. You know, uh, yeah. you know the, the, the Starbucks story is great. And it's about mm -hmm. being self-aware and it's about you being in, in presence yeah. and in your mind and trying to, you know, always, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, Chris and I were just talking about this last night. Entrepreneurs are, are, are like the space shuttle. They're adjusting and shifting, you know, most of the time. But with that, they're making themselves aware of what's going on in the market space around them and then trying to always I increase their, their intellect or increase their experience and their wisdom to be able then to bring that to their market. And you are, you, you did exactly that. And, it, yeah. you know, that's honorable uh, that, that you didn't stop with what, you know, what you were doing at 40 hours a week and it was working just fine. You did, in fact, uh, you know, progress mm -hmm. yourself and take it to, you know, uh, yeah. Whole different elevation, and uh, you know that's uh, that's admirable to, to know that you're doing that, especially be yeah. able to you know offer that to your clients. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. I think entrepreneurs that I consider myself one now, not you know not before when I was starting, of course. I think that basically we have a strong belief that our message needs to be shared in a larger scale to benefit people. And, you know, and no matter what it is. So that's what really happened. But I knew that in the field that I was getting myself into, it was a pretty complicated one regarding, you know, I was not a medical doctor. I didn't go to medical science, you know, and didn't get a medical degree. But, you know, that's why I wanted to talk to, you know, psychiatrists. I wanted to talk to PhDs. I wanted to talk to sciences because I could envision what the future of exercise and fitness was going to be. These are basically different experts working together at the same level trying to elevate the different programs. So so basically, yeah, I think I was fortunate lucky enough to be there and also, you know, trying to, yeah, because no one asked me to take pictures of my clients and the different movements. I could have really said, well, you know, it's not a big deal. But I was convinced that this could really help a lot of people. So from there, just later to doing into the research, science, and that's right, you know, you really get into these kind of, you know, euphoric moments where it says, wow, what if this really can really help people? And, you know, and, you know, I don't know, I worry about leaving a legacy. <laughs> I, I'm almost 40, but I was worried about dying and leaving a legacy. So, you know, basically I started you know, building this house of the legacy. I just put a couple bricks, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you're a real, a real trailblazer, and believe it or not, you're disrupting, or back then when you started, and you may not have known that you were doing this, but you're disrupting oh. the, uh, the entire, you know, personal training uh, industry by, by doing, you know, by blending these two things together. And, you know, that's admirable. Um, you know, a lot of the other, you know, our audience out there, you know, be taking notes 
about uh, what Michael's doing and what he's done in the past and, uh, you know, look at uh, how can you better serve your client base and that's what you were doing. You weren't necessarily yeah. trying to, you know, be above anybody else, but you're trying, how can I better serve? How can I add more? And uh, yeah. that's that constant, you know, student mindset. So that's awesome. Glad that you're doing that. When, when you're yeah. talking with these people, you. you're welcome on your individual uh, basis and, and probably even in a, in a group setting. What's the, uh, what's the initial perception when you're talking to them about uh, the brain sciences and how those work with body mechanics? Are they open to that right away or is there a barrier of education they have to get past? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's a very good question, and, and basically, you know, my perception is that I think our society, you know, based a lot of the, you know, heritage of the, you know, uh, of the westernized, the European, you know, and ancient heritage, basically, of the Cartesian model. So, so basically, Descartes, the philosopher, was basically said the mind and goes here, and, and the body goes there. It's a very it was not together for like a couple hundred years. And for some of the societies like Asia, they've been doing, you know, Tai Chi or yoga for thousands of years. So when I go to Asia, for example, I didn't even have to sell it. They understood it at the beginning. Here, you talk to someone about the brain, the body, they don't really get it. Because they understand the brain is about intelligence, you know, memory, emotion, but they don't understand how physical and the mind, the brain connects with each other. So I, yeah, I totally saw a lot of obstacles, and I think my clients at the beginning kind of uh, look. They pay me to get a very good health program, and if that benefits both of them, even better. Now the thing is, for the last three years, we have been hearing nonstop studies about brain science and physical exercise, nonstop. When I started doing this, there were there was barely none. So so that benefited me clearly because you know one of the things the trainer has to do is to really be reading the news and you know get again exercise and fitness now is being so popular in the sense that so many people access access to it that and the client gets sophisticated, the client gets to that point of they don't want to treat with anyone. You need to really know everything you're talking about. And it's the latest study you should discuss about it. So and with people, to be honest, in their, you know, in their 60 plus, they're really concerned with brain. And why is that? Because probably they have parents in the 85, 90, you know, they're lucky, they're around, and they see a clear decline. I train people in their 40s and 50s. They don't really care about the brain. They just care about the body. They just don't even they don't really understand because I think we all look around us and who is who's our first kind of reference is our parents. And, and the parents, clearly, you see our parents when they go to 50, 60, 70, 80, there's a clear brain-body decline. And my experience when the clients are 60 say, I don't want to get to where my dad is. I don't want to get to my mom is. How can I prevent this? How can I get my muscles strong, my brain strong? And science is telling us all this, and I only want to know, I only want to mention one very strong word that gives a lot of hope to a lot of people, and that is plasticity. So now, we have three types of plasticity, brain plasticity, muscular plasticity, and sensory plasticity, and basically, to not get too deep into them, 
Plasticity is the capacity that our whole body and brain has to regenerate, to recreate, and to strengthen pre-existing conditions. It can be in the brain, or it can be to increase muscle size, or to increase your sensory, how your brain connects your body. So if you work to it, you will get better at it. You don't get to a point where you just get bad at it and just decline. Of course, the cellular level, there's a point where you start initiating your aging, but this plasticity is that if you really want and you really want to be focused on getting the back and delaying your parents' age or your age or your friend's age or your client's age, dive into it because it's a very exciting uh, med you know, medical concept that now it's very well accepted. But if you train for it, you get it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay, that's a very kind of strong concept. It is, it is really known. And if you go on PubMed, right, PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, basically you sit and you kind of put plasticity, you would see so many studies about plasticity, about how, you know, exercise changes plasticity, how you, I don't know, you learn stuff changes plasticity. So I think that's kind of a, a very strong hope to a lot of people how they got into it. And for my clients, absolutely, I think there's a strong sense I don't know about you, Chris and Alan, but I think there's a strong sense that we, I don't know if we want to live forever, right, but we want to live as long as possible and in the best quality as possible health-wise. And, oh. you know, and that's how it is. <laughs> totally. I mean, I... I totally get it. I want to jump in here real quick, Chris. Um, g give us an example, Michael. How, how, do, how do we do this? You know, I'm a new guy starting out and I'm a new client. You know, what, what am I going to do to help uh, increase or, or even activate the uh, specificity of, of my body or my brain? What's, like, what's step number one? Yeah, okay. So, so step number one, basically, it would be to do... And, you know, like the regular, you know, regular conversations, fitness trainer, clients, really getting to know them, you know, what kind of, you know, nutrition habits they do, what physical habits they do. But it's very simple. And this is kind of like the summary of my book. It's basically that movement does not happen in only one part of the brain. Okay, there's not a center for movement in the brain, okay? There are several centers that are responsible for movement. There are all some centers that are more important than others, but there are some the different parts of the brain that get activated by, com by complex movements. So, for example, if you do a bicep curl, and we know weight is very good for muscles and bones, you can imagine instead of doing a bicep curl, you lift one leg up. Different parts of the brain, they have to be working together because different sections of the brain, they control, you have a your neuron that controls your legs, you have another motor neuron that controls your arms. So when you work those two together, you have those strong sense of you know, movement. But for example, I'm going to give you an interesting data, okay? So if we have a certain number of neurons, you know, it could be up to 1 million and all 100,000 million neurons, this huge number, 50% of the neurons are located in the back part of the brain. That is the cerebellum, and it's responsible for balance and coordination. So what with that said, basically, that if you train balance and coordination with every single strength training movement, you're going to get a lot of plasticity right there. So the main idea now is that every time that you lift weight, don't think about just training one part of your body. Think about the whole body. So if you're going to do imagining like a shoulder press, just 
do a shoulder brace raising your heel. Or do, um, you know, when you raise your arms to the side, just raise your arms to the side when, you know, raising one leg up and down. Do with the eyes closed. That activates a lot of sensory and, and you know, what's called proprioceptive. So basically the main idea is to challenge your brain and your body with complex movement. So the same way that when you're, I don't know, when you're reading a very, you know, a very deep novel that makes you think, you know, you have, you're making all these associations and stuff like that, or when you read, I don't know, I don't want to say any other, any other brand, but any kind of like cheesy newspaper or magazine that you don't have to put much attention in it, and you know, basically you don't really have to, you know, focus on so on. So I think the same thing happens with physical movement, is that basically, the more you challenge, the better. So my recommendation number one is that for people that want to really improve their plasticity is that to think about training to, to things at once, like multitasking, that we all know about that word. Multitasking is mm -hmm. a bad. Well, guess what? Multitasking is an essential feature and function of the brain. Multitasking doesn't have to be like walking and texting and getting killed at the same time, okay? So basically, multitasking is what we're doing right now. You're listening to my words, and probably you are thinking of your next question. Those sections are a multitasking effect because different parts of the brain are working together. One, you're listening, and then you're putting stuff together. So multitasking, when it comes to the right place, is good. Now, if you tell me, well, I'm watching baseball at the same time, I'm talking to you, that will be a bad multitasking, you know? So at the end, multitasking is an, it's a, it's an essential feature of our body, of our physiology. So when it comes to strength training, if you look at people walking, what, what's going on with people walking? Well, they're working balance because one foot goes in front of the other one. You're working coordination because you're, not, you're swinging without even knowing. Your left arm and your right leg, you're swinging. Why? It's because the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body and vice versa. And then you work in strength. You're standing up straight. So that's why I wanted to incorporate that trinity of health into every single movement. And that's how I created all these movements from scratch and gradually put them into levels. But it was exactly that. In every movement, you work in balance, coordination, and strength. So that's how is that, and if you think about every exercise program that's out there, they're the ones that are divided in balance. You can see yoga, imagine, coordination. It can be, I don't know, dance, like Zumba, or whatever it's around, or a lot of different times, or strength. Imagine, lift the weight. So what I've been doing with my program is incorporating those three together, because I'm a strong believer that weight is the way to go, because weight puts the sufficient, challenging exposure and stress on the body, the good stress, to challenge that plasticity. And there's nothing better for plasticity regarding the muscular and the brain level than lifting weight in a complicated way. That is awesome. You know, listen, guys, I have to admit, I was multitasking. And what I was multitasking, <laughs> though, is that uh, I, I, I what actually... What were you doing? Did you say it or not? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, this is a clean show. This is a PG show. show. PG show. PG show. But you guys, honestly, 
I told you guys, uh, it's funny, I was, I, was I was trying to speak, but I messed up. Um, so, Alan, thanks for, you know, jumping in there and, and keeping the show going. But I actually had to dial in with my phone, but I had you guys, I was giving Facebook Live an opportunity to see behind the scenes <laughs> with Michael Gonzalez Wallace and Alan Witch on the Think awesome. Bold, Be Bold show. And I actually had you guys on. So when you guys get off, check out Facebook because I was trying to talk and, and wow. I was multitasking and I couldn't That's figure out how to right? I, I couldn't figure out how to get back on because my speakers weren't working. So I had to dial in for my cell phone after I said goodbye to everybody. So I had you guys on there and we had some, some great past guests oh, yeah. uh, that, that were on the show jump on and see what we were doing uh, with, with Michael uh, here today. So I was definitely multitasking. But let me ask you a question, Michael, while I can jump in and, and, and get back in yeah. the show here. Uh, and you guys are going to laugh because I, I was having <laughs> – I even had trouble trying to do things, and I was trying to actually troubleshoot while you guys were on there talking. So it was funny. It was very mm -hmm. funny, and I, and I think that that's what's going to make a great show. And I, maybe I, I stumbled onto something. But listen – Michael, can exercise yeah. make us smarter? Yes, it does. <laughs> Are you surprised? Uh, I, I'm actually not surprised, but I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to understand how does it make us smarter. Okay, very, very simple. So, so basically is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the, the technical uh, aspect of it. And, and and basically we can discuss about it if you want. Okay, so what's the technical part of it? Um, every time that you are exercising your heart, okay, your heart is not sending blood to your muscles, but it's also sending blood to your brain. Your brain receives as much as twenty percent, even more, of all the blood that is being sent by the heart. And what happens with that blood right now in the brain? So now before we thought about it, you know, yeah, I feel better before I exercise, so that's great. But what's happening right now is that when the blood gets to the brain, it gets into between neur and neural connections. Remember, the neurons are individual cells. They, they communicate with each other, and they have a, a connection, you know, like a basically a synapse. So what happens with that blood is that these synapses, they get thicker. Again, the blood is almost like a muscle. The muscle, you know, when you lift weight, the muscle gets stronger. These blood, you know, vessels between the nerve cells, they get thicker. And they've done pictures and stuff and studies and everything. So basically, I'm just going to refer one of the scientists that I talked to for my book. It was his name is Charles Hillman. And he published an article in Nature magazine called Be Smart, Exercise Your Heart. So he did this study with high school students of people doing an aerobic exercise before a cognitive testing, and people, you know, not doing it. And he saw how it was a huge spike in people doing the, you know, people that they've done the exercise before. So exercise makes us smarter. Yes, it's because of exactly that. It's because this protein between nerve cells is called BDNF. BDNF is it's a great jargon if you want to impress a date or in a very, in a, like in a, in a date, in like in a, in a, if, you're, if you're going out with friends and you just say, do you know about the BDNF level? You know, it really makes you stand out of the crowd. So basically, <laughs> BD, the BDNF level, it tells you that. It tells you that 
you actually uh, get smarter. And, and basically, uh, that's really the science that I'm not even bringing my program in. Nothing. So that's why if you have to pick one sort of exercise like, that you want to get smarter with exercise, it has to be aerobic. Aerobic exercise really helps with your brain functioning because of uh, these large you know, uh, research fields. And the BDNF. And one of the very interesting thing of this BDNF level is that there's another scientist in UCLA with the name of uh, Gomez Pinilla, a Chilean um, scientist studying about brain functioning. He was saying how he wanted to see can he, can it be possible that eating makes us smarter? Okay, that is kind of it's an interesting question because it, that can you know when you eat nicely you feel a little bit better you know blah blah. blah. But he really proposed the, the other questions like, can really eating bad can make us less smart the proper way or the bad way more stupid? And basically, the findings were very impressive. It's basically, if you eat a healthy diet, the study he did, it was with omega-3 fatty acids. You know, you find in salmon, you find in cashews, you find in different, you know, fishes. So basically, he saw how the BDNF levels, the, the same ones that get triggered by exercise, by cardiovascular exercise, and those levels went up. But the interesting thing is that when people were having saturated fat, okay, not every fat is bad. Now there's a huge thing about fat and blah, 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 how some fats are good, etc. But the saturated fat you can find in fried food, like french fries, like stuff like that, it destroyed not the BDNF level stays the same. It destroyed the BDNF level. And basically, you know, that's a very interesting question because I didn't know that eating saturated fat, I thought it was bad for you, but I didn't know it would destroy my BDNF levels. So, you know, it's an interesting field, you know, a research field. And when I was talking to, you know, when I talked to the neuroscientist working with me, John Martin, he started saying, look, BDNF levels for us is an old concept. For the popular... You know, for everyone else, like you guys, and it's very new. And yeah, yeah. So, but now they're 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 looking at different neurotrophic. That's that's called when the new, different what kind of proteins get our connections thicker, better, smarter. And BDNF level is kind of old, so they're looking now at different um, proteins. So in in the in the in the brain. So yeah, and I think. It's, it's actually a really, you know, interesting, and, and I know a lot of people that have their questions still, how is it possible, you know, I thought that if you look weight, it was bad for the brain, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now, science is telling us that now. Now, of course, there's always a limit. If you're going to be, you know, when they say, you know, they always say about, about these, uh, you know, I don't know, basketball players, and they say, oh, well, LeBron James was speaking the other day after the Cavs game, and he did not sound too smart to me, you know, and look. At the end, these players might be playing, you know, I was a professional player, and I was practicing eight hours a day. I'm saying, you barely had time to read a freaking newspaper, okay? You had to really make an effort to really, you know, it's a professional field. But if they want it, of course they would get more benefit and advantage of, of getting into different fields. But you cannot judge some players because they sound this or they sound that because, you know, it, for them it's a real job. You know, so right, right. Um, I think, to be honest, is that exercise makes us smart. Science is telling us why. 
that is why one of my, you know, I got my program into schools because I have, I wanted to show how a two-minute workout before class, before they started a math class, it would improve their productivity. And that's why I've been working with different uh, schools in Europe City and in Asia now. And basically, you know, it's based on all this current research. Hey, hey Michael. I want to interrupt you there just for a second, and, and I love yeah. the fact that you're you're being you're able to back up uh, the the concepts here with uh, you know true fact and, and true experience. But I just want to I, I, I want to see if I can clarify a little bit uh, yeah. on the, on the reciprocal. Um, yeah. Obviously, exercising food and doing things the right way can increase, strengthen, build, create. Is the reciprocal? you know, the same as well, you know, is that fact true as well? If you don't do these things, can you actually degenerate? Will you degenerate or will you just stay on an even keel without growth? Okay, so, <laughs> is that your personal case, Alan? No, that's <laughs> 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 Oh, gee, we're out of time. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Sounded very personally invested in it. <laughs> no, I just I, I want to make sure that 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 yeah. people yeah. also know that there's a that there's a, a negative result too if they don't yeah. do these things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I think you know there's a lot of factors involved. Like you know you can think about genetic factors. You can be thinking about lifestyle factors. Now a very common name, epigenetics. You know what's out of the genetic field that we can change it. Look at the end. It's a very simple component and a very simple concept. Okay, we are all aging. Okay, we are when we're after 30 years old, our whole body starts you know you know crumbling down. Okay, the cellular death. It's there, aging is there, deterioration is there, decline is there, everything is there. Okay, now it depends on the genetic component, what you do for your lifestyle, what you do for your nutrition, your health, your exercise, how happy you are. Remember, being in an unhappy state is probably one of the most fatal for aging. It would just speed up your aging like three times, not bad. So I think you're looking at a very multidimensional factors and then looking into into that. At the end I think I think it's simple as that. It's basically is that you now we know about science and what's happening, okay? So it's either people really understand the severity of the problem that we have right now, that if you don't do anything, you are aging and you're deteriorating, and you're declining. And I think that to a point it's a very irresponsible way of living because one day you will not be able to move, and of course you will have a more probability of suffering some disease. But if, imagine the movement itself. One day you will not be able to move, and who is going to take care of you? Someone else going to take care of you? So I think at the end we need to keep ourselves as healthy and as active as possible and as mobile. Okay, we need to keep ourselves there. So. I think people that they decide to not exercise and to eat badly and to just say, "Oh, that's an old, old, old story, old baloney." I don't believe that. You know, you will find this. You know, I found this a lot. You know, when I travel around, especially in the United States, oh, I don't believe this thing. You know, I'm fine. My grand, my father smoked to 98, and he was fine. You know, so basically, is that I think our generation, our society, is living one of the most prosperous times regarding uh, education, 
I think is the community, okay? The community, if you really want to be educated what's out there, you can really have a good sense about aging, about how you can help aging and stuff like that. And if you want to eat unhealthy, it's your choice. But, you know, at the same time, I think the resources are there. And I posted this very interesting Chinese quote I got in a fortune cookie, you know. I don't eat the cookie, but I like the, 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 the kind of <laughs> And, you know, that, <laughs> that is basically the quote that I posted today in Facebook. It's kind of this thing that three years ago, you were eating a fortune cookie. This is your quote, right? And it was funny, but it was that you are the master of every situation. So if you decide you don't need to do anything for it, go ahead, buddy. But don't tell me, don't kill the messenger, okay? So I think we all are our own masters, and we have to decide, hey, hey, you know, probably our top selling point is going to be selling it to our parents, to our relatives, to our friends, their wives, or whatever. We have to tell them this, and sometimes, uh, you know, so I think capturing that, of course, you know, and that it's not easy to get people to move and to understand why they should move. And to your to your question, Alan, I think it's totally true. Is that basically people are in their 52, 53 year old, and they feel like better than ever. They feel financial success. They feel they can do whatever, but they don't want to get the, the sacrifice, the physical effort of really engaging into wasting of time and just doing exercise. Well, then they turn the corner of 65, 66, a lower back, it will not go away, a knee pain, I can't walk, what the heck, it happened. Well, now it's too late, okay? Now it's too late, and now we can really get you better maybe to five years ago, but we will never be able to get you to 15, 20 years ago. And if you do it now, you're able to keep at your level for the next 15, 20 years. That depends on what wow. you want to live in. Wow. Hey, that that that's fantastic. You know, I, I Chris, I gotta, you know, I I can't believe how fast this show is going. And you know, we're 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 coming up on the end of the show and we've still got lots to talk about. But hey Chris, I think we ought to uh you know institute our, our, our rapid bold here because we're we're rounding out our, our, our time with uh with Michael here. Oh, for sure. I just finished my French fries, so we'll definitely get into it. And uh, <laughs> well, you know, Michael. I mean, that's that's what happens on this show, and 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 you know, we really wanted you to dive into as much as you could, can. Yeah. Uh, you know, within the time frame that we have allocated, but you know, people can get a hold of you and they can learn more. Uh, why don't you point them to that, and then we'll get into the rapid bold insight with Michael Gonzalez Wallace. Michael, how do we get a hold of you? Where do we find you? Yeah, so basically, you can add me, you know, in every platform you want, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Facebook, I have 4,000 friends. I have 1,000 friends still left. So I'm pretty sure I would like to have the problem that after the show, I have more than 1,000 requests. So gotcha. anyway, you can add me on Facebook, or you can go to my website called superbodysuperbrain.com. I'm working with people online now as little as $20 a month, and basically uh, that's where I customize the training program. And email, email if you want to submit email, michael at superbodysuperbrain.com. And I think regarding the new technologies, you have to be accessible and available. So basically, I'm at that point. A lot of people, you know, I use Facebook as my headquarter platform. My headquarter office is Facebook. 
you know, in Times Square. So basically, <laughs> if you want to shoot me a message, you know, I'm there for you because I think it's going to be the future. That's what I like, you know, Facebook so much, you know, and probably what awesome. you do too is that you're able to talk to people, you know, to talk to con the customers, consumers, answer questions and stuff like that. So yeah, sure. any, any kind of thing, yep. Yeah? That's fantastic, and you probably answered one of uh, the questions on Rapid Bold Insight by just uh, giving away uh, some of the things you just talked about. Uh, let's get into it because I know that uh, you know we learned a lot about what you're teaching out there. But you know, I know a lot of people want to know um, you know a lot more about what Michael is all about. So why don't we get into the Rapid Bold Insight right now? Perfect. What book do you recommend, Michael? What book do I recommend? And like, like a book right now that I'm, for example, reading, or like some sort of like a, sure. any book that I anything, want. anything you like. Oh, you know, when, <laughs> something you're reading now, something you've read, and you know, wherever you wherever you think uh, you know the audience will get a lot of benefit. Yeah. Well, and basically, I'm reading. A, I'm rereading a classical. Uh, you know, now I think this is one is pretty deep. It's called. Basically, um, that divine, the Divine Comedy by Daniel Gary. <laughs> that basically, nice. you know, it, it tells you the journey of someone through purgatory. You know, through first going to hell, then going to purgatory, and then going to paradise. Right. <laughs> and I think I, I like that journey because I think that life is a little bit like that. Now, don't you feel? I feel like sure. when I moved to New York 14 years ago, actually three days ago, I did for my 14 years here. Basically, I felt sometimes in absolutely hell, hell, you know, like, you know, cleaning the sweat from the treadmill, you know, you know, handing out flyers, hell. Then you go to purgatory where, you know, it's not bad, you know, it's not great, but it's not bad. And now you kind of walk into paradise, that is kind of the point where, <laughs> oh, God, you know, I'm able to breathe, for God's sake. <laughs> And sure. that will be a classical, you know, and now I'm getting into a lot, to be honest. I know that we don't have time to get into this, but I'm, I'm getting a lot into ketosis. So ketosis is now a form of dieting that involves fasting and fast and blah, blah. So I, get, I, I got into the, the work of this professor called Michael uh, Domenico D'Agostino and how, you know, sometimes fasting, it makes your body create ketones through the liver that protects you from cellular death and through basically different types of uh, disease. And now people are finding with cancer, etc. So if you want to really get into a very interesting now uh, line of research, just Google ketosis without any recommending anyone. And you're going you're gonna to find, you know, blowing away stuff that you never thought about, you know. So yeah. Right, right. I don't know. Hmm? So Michael, what do you do for fun? Oh, what do I do for fun? What's fun? I think my life is fun, no. And <laughs> life is I fun, I like that answer. Yeah. I, I guess that, you know, um train people. I, I, I kind of like to be around people, I like listening, I like trying to help them, like trying to kind of be, you know, um working and, and then my free time, I'm working on my brand. And when I don't have free time, I spend time with my family. And personally, I really like, for example, maybe to go to museums. Uh, you know, I'm going to go to the Magic Museum, 
you know, after this, I'll share with you, too, you know, and, and you know, play basketball. I, I, do, I play a lot of soccer right now. I don't know. I got to 40-year-old and said I want to be a really good soccer player. And, you know, and I listen, you know, to fall asleep. I listen to this great podcast. It's a Spanish podcast about ancient, and ancient music, like music from the Middle Ages, stuff like that, that puts you to sleep in a heartbeat, you know. So it's kind of a, I think you have to keep the variety as diverse as possible because if you do the same thing, you feel like you're one of those mouse running wheels, you know, like you're running always in the same wheel. So I think it's good to do completely diverse, different things of your, you know, your routine. So, yeah, that's what I'm getting into. Awesome, awesome. So that was that was called the semi-rapid bold insight. Yeah, <laughs> and very uh, semi-rapid bold. Yeah, great, great, <laughs> great insight to a couple of things that um, you know. Again, uh, what's important to you from a book, and and again, what you do for fun. We're going to move right into one bold move. Alan, take us away. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks, Christopher. Michael, you've done some some uh, done us all a great service today by offering some great content and some great wisdom, and we really appreciate that. But we want to leave the audience with uh, one bold move, something that you can deliver to them. Maybe it's something that you, that you can reiterate that you already talked about today. But what one bold move would you like to enlist the audience to actually do, that they could actually do today to enhance their life or their business? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to enhance this with uh, probably one of your bullets, uh, questions you're going to ask me. It's about a, a quote. And every time I go, I, I live next to the Science Museum, and every time I go there, there's this very big quote about Theodore Roosevelt, right, the U.S. president. And basically, the quote says like this, it is hard to fail, but it is far worse never to have tried to succeed. Mm. And I think that summarizes everything. Look, success doesn't have to be financial success, right? It has to be just kind of like what you were saying, Alan, like empowering, living better lives, healthy, you know, whatever, financial, personal, social. But I think success in that quote, it means that. It doesn't mean the financial, financial one. It means a life success. So remember, it is hard to fail, but it's far worse never to have tried to succeed. And I think we always have to try to be happy, to be engaged, to be. I was reading the Harvard Business Review and you know the magazine, and there was this great editorial, editorial letter from the from the editor in chief, and said that great entrepreneurs and CEOs, the number one feature they have to have is education. They have to educate. You have to learn all the time. Keep learning. And I think at the end, if you keep learning, you feel you're alive. If I don't learn, I feel I'm dead. So I love that. podcast like this, I feel I'm alive. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and we certainly got so much information. You know, again, audience, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Michael Gonzalez Wallace, go check him out, Superbody, Superbrain. You have any questions, anything you'd like Alan and I to look into, info at thinkbullbebold.com. Alan, always a pleasure to, uh, to do these shows with you. Michael, come back again this year. We, thank uh, you. Yeah. Really 
we we really enjoy you on on our show and, and the laughter and 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 the and the humor that you bring. So thank you for that. And um, again, audience, you guys are you guys are awesome. This is what makes the show, and and we're hoping that these things that uh, our awesome guests bring you uh, will really change uh, your life and and move the needle forward. So thank you very much, Alan. Hey, Chris, uh, you rock, my friend. It's a joy doing this uh, this podcast with you. Michael, thanks so much for giving us uh, time out of your day today to uh, enlist some wisdom and uh, to really help out the audience and uh, maybe even spark some energy and, and spark some movement, if you will, both brain and body uh, to those that are in the, in the audience. So we appreciate that. Uh, Chris, as usual, I love you, buddy. This is great. Take us home. Thanks so much. You got it. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.